side are you on? Are you on the Lord's side? We are grateful and thankful to be in your presence this morning to honor this pastor, my brother, in his 19th year of shepherding this house. Uh, I'm grateful to the things that were said long ago when our kids were in the first grade, our daughters rather, in the first grade at Fatima. We didn't know we'd be at this juncture. I was already in the ministry. He was doing his judgeship thing. But life, life has a direction and a path for you to go and you just travel in it. And um, I'm grateful for this extension of love in the midst of my tragedies, but uh, God knows. Uh, when I got the invite, I said, okay, fine, but then he sent me the flyer. Uh, I didn't know it was a part of his anniversary month. And I started leaning toward a sermon about pastoring, but I say somebody else is going to get that job. <laughs> so we just go preach. <laughs> that, that's, that's my job. Uh, but uh, let's pray. Oh, merciful Father, we come this morning at this location. Father, we ask now for the filling up of this vessel with your Holy Spirit. Father, give me preaching power that I might speak to these, your sheep. Father, I sit down that you might stand up in my stead. In the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, we say amen. Amen. <clears throat> this morning, if you will, would you turn in your Bibles to the book of Luke and the 22nd chapter. Stand to your feet in reverence. We're going to look at Luke chapter 22, verses 31 and 32. I will read from the New King James Version of his Holy Writ. It reads, and the Lord said, Simon, Simon, indeed Satan has asked for you that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for you that your faith should not fail. And when you have returned to me, strengthen your brethren. You may be seated. For a while this morning, we would like to use as a subject, I've got too much to lose. <clears throat> there has developed in the modern church in a theology of selflessness or selfishness and individualism where everybody is coming to church and where everyone is being admonished to your neighbor, you, 
you really don't care much about your neighbor. We are living in a day of theology that is all about I come to church to get mine and you better get yours. To the extent that we have lost the accountability and the responsibility of communal concerns. We have lost now what is a responsibility to be my brother and my sister's keeper. Now, I get mine and you better do the better, better than get yours however you can. But when you read this text and you understand one second Uh, but when you read this text and understand the very nature of how God did everything, God, right from the beginning of creation, God has suggested to us through the manner in which he created everything is interconnected and related. God does things by relationships, by interconnectivity and by community. And I know just from the reading of it, you would think that Jesus once again in this particular passage gives Peter another warning. That the devil is coming after him. If you were only to do a cursory reading of this story, you may walk away thinking that this was just Jesus kind of giving a forewarning in a preview to Simon, that the devil wants to take him out. But when you put the text in the context of the text, you would discover that Jesus is up to something much bigger. In the context of the text, they are sitting around what we call the Lord's table. They have been inside in the upper room at the Lord's Supper. This supper that represents community. This supper that represents communion. This supper that represents oneness. And if you were to read the verses prior to the ones I read, you they are in discussion, bored of Jesus about who's got next. When we read verses 23 through 24, we get the chance. Uh, they know that Jesus is on his way out. They know that Jesus is about to take leave of them, and they are all wondering who is going to be the next leader of the group. Who's going to be the top dog? Who's going to be the person in charge? You know, everyone wants to be the pastor. Till they get to be the pastor. <laughs> After all, Jesus has not put in a succession plan. After all, Jesus has not hired an apprentice. No one knows who got next. 
And as often happens, whenever your priority is power, you always cancel community. Whenever your priority is who's in charge, you will always find yourself diluting your responsibility for your assignment. Jesus peps what they are doing or peeps and begins to warn them about not being like the Pharisees, not being like the Gentiles who lords authority over them, but they are too busy trying to figure out what's going on to the power that they don't even hear what Jesus is saying. Don't miss it, church. They are sitting around the table that represents community. They are sitting around the table that represents unity. They are sitting around the table that represents oneness, but their assignment has the potential to cancel their community. So Jesus takes the opportunity to put out a warning about what they are doing around the table. And he says, Simon, Simon, Satan is after you. He's out to sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for you. Now, you are quiet because you feel I hadn't said much. But, but if you were to read this in the original Greek, you would discover that when Jesus uses the word you, he uses two different Greek words. For you, he uses a singular and a plural. Here is what Jesus really said. Simon, Simon. Satan had asked to sift all of you as wheat. In other words, Satan has asked for y'all to sift y'all as wheat. But I have prayed for you. If, if you didn't get what I said, let me say it again. Simon, Simon. Satan asked, has asked for y'all. Simon, Satan has asked for all of y'all to sift y'all as we. But I didn't pray for all of you. I only prayed for you. Now, now, I know that I am in a smart congregation. So the question has to be asked, if Satan is after everybody, why does Jesus only pray for one? I had to ask the question. If Satan is after y'all, then why is Jesus only praying for Peter? And the Holy Spirit said to me, the reason he is praying for Peter is because he named him the rock. He's the one that is the strong one. He's the one that is the powerful one. He's the one that got more sense than everyone else. And Jesus says, Simon, I am praying for you because when the devil comes after y'all, you will be the one to get up first. And after you get up, I need you to go back and get everybody else. 
who could not get up as quick as you did. He says, Simon, you have got to keep it together. Because if Satan gets you, he gets y'all. If Satan gets the pastor, he gets y'all. If you don't pray for him and keep him lifted up, you're going to fall. So I need you to get yourself together because you got too much to lose. Because if he gets you, it will mess up everything. And this is my shout out to some father, to some man, to some leader. That the devil is after everyone that is under your accountability. But Jesus is holding you responsible for getting yourself together and covering everybody else. I am not just talking to the men. I'm talking to some mother, to some woman, to some leader, to some entrepreneur, to some single parent who are raising children. You need to know today that if there is anyone under the umbrella of your leadership, the devil tries to take you out so that he can take out everyone under you. Because if he gets you, he will get y'all. But, but I dare you to look at somebody and say, I got too much to lose. I can't let the devil have my family. I can't let him have my ministry. I can't let him have my church. I can't let him have my friendships. And I'm going to get myself together. So that he can't take down all of us. Very quickly, let me show you three things in the text that will help you, Simon and Simon. It's going to help you get yourself together. When the devil comes after y'all, here is the first thing that the text is trying to teach us. Don't allow your old person to mess up your new purpose. I don't care how long you have been saved. I don't care how many scriptures you know. You can know Hebrew. You can know Greek. You can have great systematic theology. You can have been in church for four generations. But there is an old you. You can read the Bible. You can sing on with Christian soldiers. You can sing every hymn in the hymnal, but there is an old you. And there is the struggle that we had when I got saved, my old you didn't disappear. <laughs> my old you is simply brought under subjection to my new you. Oh, the old you still left. 
How many of y'all don't even get outside the church and cuss somebody out? Let them step on your nice shoe. <laughs> y'all come casual, nothing, but it don't matter. Let them mess up your Jordans. <laughs> your Hans. Let them scratch your car. Let's see how much Holy Ghost you have. I'm just real. I know we say sanctified and five baptized. But when Satan come for you. So, but the challenge is my old you knows tricks, my new you doesn't know. There's some stuff in all of us that we still like that we shouldn't. <laughs> I don't do that no more. Mm, yeah. That is the nature of temptation. Temptation suggests that there is something that is put in front of you that gives you options to say yes when you should say no. And the thing about the devil is that he customizes temptation. Satan ain't no big box stove. He fixed your temptation that is only good for you. Because I don't like what you like, and you don't like what I like. But there's something that's just tailor-made to get you all upset. What they say? There's a woman for every man and a man for every woman? <laughs> I don't know why he with her. Well, <laughs> he likes her. He don't like you. <laughs> it's evident. <laughs> so that he doesn't put in front of you what doesn't make weak. This is why you have to be careful how you talk about other people's situations. Because the only reason why you don't have that situation is because that is not your weakness. Mm. Jesus trips me out because he does something that contradicts his own commandments. Watch him. He says, Simon, Simon, stop right there. Got a problem. You remember when Jesus took a survey of the disciples and asked them, whom do men, whom do the people say that I, the son of man, am? They said, some say that you are Elijah. Some say that you are Jeremiah or one of the other prophets. Jesus said, that is fine, but who do you say I am? You all remember that Peter jumped up and said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus said, Blessed art thou, Simon, but Jonah, for flesh and blood have not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. Jesus said in John 1 and 42, Thou art Simon, the son of Jonah, thou shalt be called Cephas, which is by interpretation of stone. I got a problem, church. 
Because Jesus in this story calls Peter by the very name he said not to call him by. I don't know if Jesus had forgotten or got some type of amnesia, but he is the one who said don't call him Simon. And then he turns around and calls him by the very name he said not to call him by. I asked Jesus, why would you call Simon by the very name you said not to call him? You said call him Peter because it means a rock. Peter represents the person that can hear divine revelation. Peter represents the person who has spiritual insight. And Jesus said that is the point. I don't need to talk to Peter I need to talk to Simon. Because I need Peter to know I don't care how strong he is, there's still some Simon in him left in him. And you can sit in here and look cute this morning if you want to put there is some Simon left in you. If somebody catches you on the wrong day, at the wrong time, and says the wrong thing, there is some Simon in you. Oh, I know. I'm on it this morning. And the devil has a way of trying to push your Simon buddy. He has a way of trying to get under your Simonotic skin. But here's the good news in the text. Jesus is praying for Simon. And the Simon in you. Church, y'all don't know when to shout now. Do you know why that should have blessed you? People put your Simon on Facebook. People put your Simon on Instagram. People put your Simon in the blogs. Put your ought to be glad that you serve a Savior that knows you are going to mess up and does not disqualify you. Does not kick you out, but he prays you through the weak moments of your journey. And somebody ought to rejoice that the only reason I didn't cuss them out is because Jesus was praying for me. The only reason I didn't go back to my old ways is because Jesus was praying for me. Don't let your old person mess up your new purpose. Simon, Simon, be careful. The second thing is there are moments where God will give divine permission for satanic purpose. <laughs> there are moments church oh yes I, I must prove it to you in the Bible go with me to the book of Job chapter 1 verse 6 now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord and Satan also came among them what this suggests to you is that you can never come together in a holy moment 
without satanic program. <laughs> he here at the church right now. <laughs> I know this Holy Ghost headquarters, but Satan is in here. <laughs> but look at this. He says, just look straight ahead. Don't look to your right or your left. Satan is always in the midst. Y'all know the story. And the Lord said to Satan, from where do you come? So Satan answered the Lord and said, from going to and fro on the earth and from walking backwards and forth on it. You need to pay attention right now what is said next. Then the Lord said to Satan, have you considered my servant Job? See, I'm in my Job moment. Y'all know I done been through my Job moment. See, he will allow some satanic presence to come along and see how you handle it. Because he had already prayed for me. But look at here. He says, that there is none like him on earth, a blameless and upright man. He is committed. He is faithful. And he is, has integrity. One who fears God and shuns evil. Look at Satan's response in that ninth verse. So Satan answered the Lord and said, Does Job fear God for nothing? Have you not made a hedge around him, around his household, and around all that he has on every side? You have blessed the work of his hands, and his possessions have increased in the land. The very words that Satan is using suggest something we ought to celebrate. The only way Satan could know that there was a hedge is that he has been trying to get to Job but can't get to him. See, we spend so much time whining over what the devil does to us. Where, when we ought to be celebrating the time he came after us and you never found out about it. Can I get an amen? amen. <laughs> because when he came, God had you protected. So God says, I'm putting him on the vetting, which means examining table. Have, you, have your way, but there are a few restrictions. Don't miss this now. God gave the devil permission to mess with Job. And you see it again. Right here in the text. Simon, Simon, Satan had asked, y'all don't hit me. I'm going to talk to you now. All over on my left. Simon, Simon, Satan has asked. Now let me look over here again to my right. Simon, Simon, Satan has asked. He can't just show up. He can't bully his way in. The only way he gets into your life is that God has to give him permission. He got to get a permission slip from God. And if I gave him permission, it means that I have already equipped you with everything you need 
to get the victory. <laughs> so they tell me, you so strong. I ain't strong. It's the Holy Ghost. I can't hold up up under this pressure. There is a one struggle that you can have in your life, church, that God hasn't already gotten you ready for. So anything that shows up in your life, you need to face it knowing that God gave the devil a yes. He gave me the power to get the victory. He had to ask. So don't be, why did the Lord let this happen to me? You're supposed to be saved, sanctified, and fired out the field. Every day's not going to be sunny. It's going to be some dark and rainy days. But he says, now, 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 I'm not up here today to debate the odyssey. I'm not going to leave you trying to digest what I just said. Theodicy means that vindication of divine goodness and providence in view of the evidence of evil. God allows certain things to happen in his world, and I'm not deep enough to give you that answer. Murdering, gangs, molestation, child pornography, oppression, racism, injustice and sexism, ageism, all of those, I don't know why they happen. And on a personal note, as all of you know, I'm living in two aspects of a Job-like world right now. Health and loss of a child and a wife. And I don't have the answer to that, but I know this. The devil has to always play on a playground of God's sovereignty. That no matter what the devil does, God will only let him go so far. And instead of us always trying to analyze why God is letting something happen, why don't we learn to rest in the reality that no matter what happens, God will see me through it. Because he has given me enough faith to handle anything that the devil brings my way. I wish I had some show enough believers in here this morning who would agree with me, but let me show it to you in the text. Simon, Simon, Satan has asked for you all to sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for you, watch it, pray for you, that your faith fail not. You missed it right there. He says, Simon, Simon, what I'm praying for is that your faith that taught you don't fail you. When the battle comes. So when the battle comes, we are praying that your faith won't fail that you've been learning about from Jesus. So he says, the devil will try you so hard to make you forget what you already know. So my prayers, when it gets rough, your faith stands up. And you will remember what you already know. That is why you come into church in small groups is so important because that is where you are getting your faith so that when the devil comes your way, he ain't after your money, he don't need it. He ain't after your family, he don't want it. He ain't after your job, he is after your faith because if he can get your faith, he will get your worship. And if he gets your worship, he will get you. 
and, and your prayer every day ought not be give me a new house. Give me a new car. Help me find a mate. You ought to say, God, let my faith stay strong. When the battle starts raging, let my faith stand up. When the devil is on my heels, let my faith stand up. The phrase faith, not fail, not fail is a Greek word, anik, liptos, or toss, my, my Greek man over here, from, from as a negative particle and a presumed derivative of eklipo is the Greek word where we get the English word eclipse. We all know what an eclipse is. If there is a solar eclipse, the moon moves in front of the sun and causes the sun light to be blocked from the earth, causing a shadow or a darkness. Let me say it this way. The moon does not erase the sun. It does not push out the sun. It just gets in front of the sun so that you don't get the effects of the sun. What Jesus said in the text is, when I pray for you, it ain't nothing but an eclipse. And the power and grace of the moon blocks the sun of the devil's intent. Do you know how you survive sometimes from the devil's stuff? God blocks it. Do you know how you made it through some struggles? God blocked it. Do you know how you didn't lose your mind in the midst of that tragedy? God blocked it. Do you know how you didn't lose your mind in the midst of that divorce? God blocked it. Do you know how you didn't lose your mind in the midst of that job loss? God blocked it. Do you know how you didn't lose your mind in the midst of the loss of income? God blocked it. I wish I had some believers present this morning who would raise their hands and shout out, God blocked it. That's when Jesus prayed for me. He brought the eclipse that blocked the devil's threats against me. We have shown in the text, don't allow your old person to mess up your new purpose. There are, secondly, there are moments where God will give divine permission for satanic purpose. And then the third and final point is God provides the answer before Satan ever presents the problem. <laughs> All right. Church folks don't know when to shout. God provides the answer before the devil ever presents the problem. It's so simple, you are going to miss it in the text. Can I show it to you? It's so simple, Simon, Simon, Satan had asked for all of you that he might sift you all. But I pray for you that your faith not fail. Here it is. And when? Not if. Not I hope. Not I suppose. 
Y'all didn't get it. But when you return, I need you to know this before he shows up. I have already prepared you for him. And when the devil comes to get you, I am there with you. Isn't that good news, church? When he comes, I'm right there with you. You not by yourself. Scholars have determined that what Jesus is telling Simon is that after you have denied me three times, I will be there for you. We got some Simons in here. We, we act like we don't know Jesus when we in the midst of our mess. When we hide behind dark lights and closed doors, we don't know Jesus. But he's still there for us when Satan comes. The only problem is that has not happened yet. So that what the devil wants to do is still in the future. But Jesus prophesied the deliverance in the present before the future ever showed up. See, Jesus, let's see, let me help y'all out. God and Jesus are one. Jesus standing in the present but he's already in the past and he's in the future too. So, <laughs> he's, he's omnipresent. That's when he said, I'll be with you always. Before problems ever shows up, Jesus has already said, when you return. Before your problems ever gets in your life, Jesus has already said, when you return. I need you to believe with me in what I am about to ask. I need someone to shout real quick over a problem that has not even showed up yet in 2023 because Jesus has already given you the answer. Come on, shout like you already know that you are coming out. Shout like you already know you have got the victory. Shout like the devil cannot defeat you and then you come out and back from what you have gone Jesus said, go back and get your brother. Go back and get your sister. Go back and get your friend. For us today, Jesus is telling us we can't help anybody until we come out of the stuff that we are in. Until we have the Jesus help defeated Satan in the trap that he has left, left us. Now you're able to help your brother look. In order to help us, Jesus had to step out of eternity into time and take on a feeble shell called humanity and dwell on earth for 33 years suffer being falsely accused. Anybody in here been falsely accused? He has tried. He was tried in an unjust court system. He was beaten for our transgressions. He was mocked. He was nailed to a rugged cross and hung on it for nine, from nine in the morning to 12 noon. He was pierced in the side 
and hung on the cross until 3 p.m. where he gave up the ghost. He laid in a borrowed tomb for three days until early on that third day morning. He got up out of the grave with power, power over death, power over life, and power over eternity. I'm glad that my Jesus came to save me because he knew I had too much to lose. Doors of the church is open. Won't you come? Jesus knows you got too much to lose and he's there for you.